No oh, worries. Shit. Uh, Thanks for coming on. A lot of a lot of legend, a lot of legends here. <laughs> uh, hey, bacon. Good hey, man. Yeah, good to, good to try. Um, man. No worries, finally. So I'm digits. Um, spoiler alert: I'm not female. Should have gotten the voice changer. We've been so bored. Yeah, you should have gotten the <laughs> app first. Unfollow. I know, man. So, um, I'm mainly a DeFi trader. So I, I trade uh, mainly on chain. I don't really um, do derivatives or anything like that. Um, you won't really see me touch blue chips at all. Uh, but I do watch Bitcoin and uh, macro and things like that just to. Make sure that we're, you know, going and heading in the right direction. Um, a lot of my yeah, specialty just comes from uh, understanding um, tokenomics and uh, new projects, new launches, and what I think uh, where narratives are going to go in the space. So I think that um, there is a huge advantage in just um, early mover advantage, um, understanding where the money is going to flow. Um, and like anything else, if you're early, you're early. Uh, and so I just try to be early. Uh, in 2021 to 2022, um, Jan to Jan, I took $100,000 and turned it into uh, $7.85 million in just personal capital. Um, and so... Uh, those results are all public and, and that kind of thing. And yeah, the one thing I love about DeFi is it's all on chain. You can't make this stuff up and um, it's all public for everybody to see. So that's a little bit about me. That's awesome. That's, that's a great intro. And I've kind of um, gotten to know you like just funnily enough, like on chain, like whenever I'm dipping into something, I would see like, Okay, who am I exit liquidity of? And it's like digitscapital.eth. I'm like, oh, okay. And this guy, uh, after I've seen you a couple of times, it's, uh, it was apparent like who to follow. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, recently like you also launched um, Digist, uh, Digistyle, which is um, like a farming as a service. Uh, I think that was one of the topics we really wanted to cover. Um, maybe Luke has, has some agenda on that already. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We can open up with that topic uh, a second. I mean, um, yeah, right now, if you want. Yeah, cool. So, um, like you said, like my wallet's public, right? So, um, you can track me, you can copy trade me, you can do whatever you want. Um, a, a lot of the reason that inspired me to create Digits DAO, which is uh, farming and trading as a service, really investment as a service. Um, for those of you that don't know that. It's, it's something that new has come out recently uh, in the space of DeFi where essentially um, you, you buy into the token, uh, Digits or um, any of the others that are out there. We're not the only one. Uh, and part of that buy-in goes to a treasury that is managed by the team. Uh, so part of that buy-in, 7% uh, goes to a treasury that's managed by the team. And that money is traded, and then uh, hopefully we make gains. And those gains are distributed back to uh, holders or compounded within the treasury, um, adding risk-free value 
to the protocol itself. So kind of what inspired me to do this investment as a service was over the last year, I introed a couple um, friends that, you know, had maybe dabbled in, and bought Bitcoin on a centralized exchange or something like that. And um, they wanted to kind of check out DeFi because it, oh, it was kind of cool and, you know, it's, it's a bit edgy and that kind of thing. So I said, okay, come into this chat and I'll share some of my plays with you guys, some thesis and everything like that. So I was sharing everything with these guys. They were, you know, tracking my wallet. They were getting the same entries, everything like that. But when it came down to management of that trade, that is really where I see a lot of traders make mistakes. So they may be holding bags too long that are, you know, in the red, um, not taking profits early enough or not taking profits late enough and letting their trades run. So their risk rewards are getting all out of whack. Uh, they're maybe not, you know, increasing their bet size enough to make the winners count and those types of things. So over the year, um, everybody's taking the same trades as me and they didn't get the same results, mainly based on management uh, of those trades. So I thought to myself, as they're all asking me, dude, can we just send you money? Can I just send you money? And I'm like, well, you know, legally speaking, like you can't really do that. Um, and I don't want to be responsible in that way. So when this whole uh, kind of evolution came out that was like investment as a service, it gave me an idea. And I thought, okay, what if I could do this for my friends, but not only for my friends, for the DeFi community as a whole and anyone who struggled over the last year. I mean, we were in literally the most insane bull market that we've ever seen in existence in history. We printed more US dollars into circulation than anyone's ever seen. And money was just flying around. Stimulus checks were going into people's pockets. Everyone was staying home and everyone was trading. So um, that environment for the traders that, that lost money, because it, it is a zero-sum game, guys. Not everybody's winning. Um, when you make money, that came from somebody else. So there is someone on that other side of that trade. And I was thinking about those people and going, okay, well, how can, how can we all kind of win? Or how can, how can more people win that don't necessarily know how to manage trades? They don't necessarily know how to navigate DeFi, but they want to be a part of it. So I created Digits DAO in the uh, hopes that more people can win. So essentially, when you invest, when you buy into Digits, um, money is going into that treasury. We're managing that for you. Uh, we're growing that treasury. And then we decide as a community what we want to do with it at the end. So maybe that means that we've increase the value of the treasury up so high that um, it reaches like way above market cap or whatever and everybody says okay we've made enough money let's distribute that to holders well that's risk-free value and all of that money is coming from other trades other protocols we're not siphoning it from the members it's not 
you know, a Ponzi or anything like that. Um, I've created it so that traders that want to actually trade the digits coin get punished. Every time you enter, there's a 12% tax that gets distributed between treasury and already digits holders. Every time you um, exit, same thing. So if you come in and you hold, we're going to trade this treasury. At the end of the day, what we do with it is up to you. I hope that we've increased the treasury enough so that everybody gets a really nice payday at the end. I think that's that's really good insight um, directly from one of the founders of um, um, these fast fast farming as a service uh, products. I think it's pretty underexplored. A lot of people don't, still don't understand these because uh, they're kind of in the in the low cap category. But they've been around for probably three months now, I think, um, with like MCC, CCC. Like some of them started as um, like people that uh, only knew how to do ETH. So they would like have the treasury on ETH, but then like they would do all the farms on all the chains. So like kind of that was an offering. And then obviously the team have to be good investors themselves. Um, but yeah, like just... I think it's a very, very curious um, uh, type of product because early on, I didn't even think many of them were real um, if they were actually distributing any of the pro profits. But seems so far there's quite a few that are like actually doing it, and it's a pretty decent model. Um, yeah, yeah I think. Yeah, you know, go think, ahead. Go ahead. Um, I think that, like the biggest, um, the biggest difference between kind of DigiStow and and everything else out there is that, um, like you know my track record, so you know who you're investing with. A lot of these teams are on on, and you're not really sure what they've done over the last year, um, and the kind of gains that they've made. So, um, it, it's it's kind of it's kind of like well. You know, where, where is my money really going um, and what are you going to do with it? So we try to be as transparent as possible. I'm a bit old school. Like I, I have a spreadsheet. I don't know if you guys have seen, but it details every position, you know, enter, exit, profit and loss, what it's at right now. Um, and so I think that a big advantage is, look, that transparency, you know where the treasury money is going, you know that... Um, it's in a reputable trader's hands. Um, you know my track record, and so yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll see what we can do with it. Um, I think that you mentioned CCC, which is probably a good segue into yeah. that. Yeah, we can bleed over into CCC now if you want. Um, CCC is on uh, Digistyle's books for a really good reason. Um, it's yeah, it's exactly that. Um, GameFi as a service is is what I like to view it as. Um, they are the third largest holder in the Krabata game on Avalanche, um, and so I took a position in CCC because um, I think that it's it's really undervalued for the amount of money that they're generating. They have a 
They have about $2 million in the Krabata game um, in assets. And they're generating about $250,000 um, every five days. So, you know, there's over a million dollars being put into um, and growing that treasury, that risk-free value treasury. Again, similar similar concept. And they're coming out with a uh, really innovative uh, project that is incubated by them. It's called Hunt. Um, and it essentially makes the entry barrier to Cravata uh, quite easy for you know, investors. If you want to set up a team today on Cravata, it might cost you $30,000. Um, so it, it's quite a high ask. And they're fractionalizing that. So I find it really interesting coming out with these NFTs with utility that we've been seeing quite often. Um, NFTs gaining a lot of utility in DeFi space where their NFT is actually uh, producing yield from the Krabata game within the Hunt protocol. So you get this NFT that's liquid. You can trade it whenever you want, right? You can, you can put it on the open market. Uh, it's generating 2% yield per day in uh, TUS, which is one of the Krabata game tokens. And that yield goes directly to you every single day. And CCC benefits by saying, okay, hey, we're, we're providing the service, so we're going to take a 15% performance fee, which goes directly into the treasury as, again, risk-free value to either grow the treasury or grow the game. Um, it's their first pilot product with this kind of in mind, with this GameFi as a service. And you're probably like, well, why don't I just buy the, you know, Cravata team myself? I got 30 grand, I can do it. Well, you can do that, but you have to click a button every four hours. So you're probably not gonna sleep very well. Um, that's the way that the game mechanics work. So 2% a day, sure, but you have to click that button. You have to be there, uh, or you have to be smart enough to create a bot, a script, which these guys are, that does it automatically. Then you have to be smart enough to change with the meta because games are constantly changing. The meta just changed, but so did their strategy. So I find that really cool. Um, so we did invest and uh, yeah, and then it's like, well, why don't we just copy trade you digits? Why don't I just buy CCC? Well, you can. And if you do, I will thank you because uh, that will help the treasury's position. But then you have to manage that position yourself. And like I said, that's usually where I see a lot of traders get into trouble. So. And is there a catalyst coming up for CCC? Yeah, the hunt. The, it's okay, still yeah, not live yet. Yeah, it's still not live. Um, it's coming out in the next couple days. Um, and, I, and I just think, man, that's so much revenue. There's going to be $400,000 um, that's kind of like their beta of it. So you're going to test. They're going to open up a pool. You're going to be able to put in, you know, 400K, um, not individually, as a collective group. That's the cap. And so that's their test rollout. And, hey, if it works, and um, like anything else, it's completely new. It's innovative. Um, no one's ever done it before. 
And so with DeFi, you know, exploits and stuff like that happens. So just, yeah, be responsible. Um, but that is the catalyst. And so, yeah, when I'm trading, I am looking for a fundamental catalyst that we can drive off of to kind of give us that pump, give us that push up, um, or some type of value that that protocol produces, like um, like the revenue that I was saying CCC generates. So, like, how do you base your... Because, um, like, I, going back to portfolio management, how would you base your exit around uh, a catalyst like this? Would you sell into the hype, or would you... Uh, would your your exit be more like uh, technical analysis based or uh, yeah how how so would this, you exit uh, this this particular trade I'm managing a little bit differently because it does have that burn feature that we talk about so trading in and out of it is um, you you're inherently at a disadvantage so personally speaking. Um, this one is a longer term hold for me as long as hunt works, right? So as long as the code is solid, there's no exploits, um, and that it is popular. And I, and I think it will be. Who doesn't want 2% yield a day in this market environment without having to actually manage the game yield themselves? So to me, it's a longer term trade. Um, normally... I do scale out on news events, so I do sell into news, um, and I do sell into catalysts, but with this particular one, because the yield is actually coming from somewhere else, so that 2% is not coming from Ponzi-nomics or you know, people actually buying into CCC or Hunt themselves, it's actually coming from a different ecosystem I find that really important. And so if that yield is coming from a different ecosystem, we can say that that 2% yield, like inflation-wise, is not actually inflation on CCC or that uh, protocol at all. It's on something else. So that money is coming from something else and flowing into the ecosystem as opposed to, say, an ohm fork where... They're promising nine quadrillion APY, but uh, that yield is inflationary and coming from the protocol itself, which I, which I find really dangerous. Um, so yeah, yeah, this this one's more of a hold for me, and I'm not looking to scale out on the launch. I'm actually looking to uh, play it into that risk free value and. And kind of just see see where they can take it. You know, can, can does it work? Do they do they go into different games? You know, I know Bacon's like a real big fan of um, raid party heroes and and that kind of thing. Like, why not? Why couldn't they put a team together? You know, and manage it for you in that in that idle game. So it has that growth potential, and that's where I think the meta's going. I think we're going into gamify. So that yes, yeah, I think metaverse and gamefi is one of the strongest narratives uh, in the space currently, and I think we we even see that uh, continuing to grow. I think one of the news uh, clips I sent you today was about uh, 
what was it McDonald's? Uh, I think registering their their stuff for their their metaverse. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so I think we, we see a bunch of big players um, jumping in on the metaverse. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely growing more bullish on it, you know, day in, day out, practically. But, uh, yeah, it still has to come to fruition at the end of the day. Mm, so For sure. Uh, it's, it's a lot of vaporware currently. So I definitely want to ride the wave while it's here. But, uh, but anyways... I don't want to be <laughs> don't want to be negative. I'm I'm going through my notes right now. So, um, no, no. I mean, it's true. Like you, you have games that are literally like um, I don't know ripoffs of like the Wolf, the the initial Wolf game, which gave these NFTs um, yield bearing, uh, a, a, made it a yield bearing asset. So, and and then and those. I, I I played a lot of them, but I just looked at it as okay. This is this is pretty vapor. This is you know pretty mm-hmm. not not going to be around forever, and and I'm going to trade it. So um, yeah, those I were just that, rewrapped uh, Ponzi farms, kind of like what we saw yeah. in May, kind of like right after the crash. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's like we. Uh, they're kind of just farms that you throw money into and you kind of ultimately want to mint or, you know, uh, just get in early and kind of not buy secondary and not buy the inflationary token. And I think that's the method. I think in this space like this, this meta that's coming out, um, it's really important to understand the, the tokenomics or the economics behind the coin itself and the ecosystem. So really dissecting that and making sure that this isn't just like some random Ponzi that I need, uh, you know, I need my buddy Joe to buy in after me so that I can make money. Um, it's really important to, to say, okay, like, first of all, is it fun? Like, is this fun to play? Do you enjoy it? You know, if you enjoy it, other people probably will too. I know it's so simple to think of like when you're playing a game, um, you know, is this fun? But in crypto, sometimes we get so wrapped up in like, hey, I want a two to three X this. We forget about the actual point of probably the game itself, right? The, The game is created to be played and have fun. So if it's fun, more people will play it, uh, more people will stay in that ecosystem, will probably do way better. Um, and as long as, as long as the tokenomics follow that route where it's not just crazy Ponzi inflation and you need your buddy to buy in after you, then I, I do see a lot of these plays working out quite well. Not to say you can't make money off the the, the vaporware Ponzi, sure, but try to recognize when that's happening um, and and see that as a short-term play rather than a long-term hold that's, you know, being innovative in the space that may give you more multiples in the long run. If, if you recognize it as a quick trade, treat it as one. Yeah, I think uh, uh, um Two opposites of this that we could point to, I think, are like Krabata and Axie. I think fundamentally they're both very similar, like their their tokenomics and their gameplay. 
however, Krabata's earlier in their cycle, so they're experiencing a boom phase right now. So that's why teams cost thirty thousand dollars. But with time, we're slowly going to see those inflationary uh, tokenomics catch up with this, and then we're going to see um, breeding APYs drop, and then we're going to see the the token uh, price drop, and then we're going to see a slow unfolding of the, the tokenomics. Where currently we're watching like Axie battle their inflation. So I think they just cut their inflation by 58%. Uh, however, they're still too inflationary for their current ecosystem. I think there's still like $20 million. Uh, I think, I mean, not $20 million, $20 million tokens that are uh, not being burned daily. So uh it, it's still rather inflationary but we see them battling their uh tokenomics more and more and i think with the like with axie i i've talked about them a decent amount so i don't want to highlight it too much but they're adding more games to their network here soon so we should see more in, uh we should see their tokenomics continue to uh get refined and ultimately i always point to axie because they're the furthest game five project along right they're ultimately a year ahead of everybody else so i always kind of like to observe them as kind of uh what are they doing and how are they innovating so i can go and uh, compare it to other game five projects oh for sure and i and i hope that you know other projects are tracking them as well and and seeing how they're let's call it an experiment because because it is right they're the first mover in, in in the space their experiment kind of works out for them and i think that's just going to be a huge advantage for teams as well is is viewing kind of what they've done how they've come out of that inflation that you're talking about and um to keep the value you know inside their ecosystem and not just yeah, crumble. Um, yeah, I think that's the the hardest part about these game five projects right now. I I have a question about like um, so so from you know these uh, farming as a service or trading as a service uh, perspective projects like um so CCC team sounds like they're very you know familiar and. and uh, experience have high experience with um you know game five with farming and kind of optimizing and making sure they get the best exit they understand the tokenomics for certain projects right and they're like active so they take that role for you um so what kind of um what are you targeting um particularly for like uh digistown and, and do you see any other like niches that um resemble this where um there are specific type of place that um you know, people that have played these kinds of, you know, alpha, you know, opportunities a lot, and they can like, kind of um, uh, optimize for um, that niche, and, and that could be like a good brand around what a farming as a service is targeting. So, is there anything that you like are have had success with, and like you, you want to share, and what, what you're excited about? You mean like, um, like what kind of strategies are? Yeah, what are, kind of strategies do you like I... to target? And then like, um, yeah, cool. 
and then let's say like if i just follow your wallet like uh what's something that like you think you've seen like majority of people cannot exit properly or like they don't have the experience to judge like what's a good uh, strategy around um because i know you you you, i've been your exit liquidity a couple times and i i I can't really (laughs) pinpoint uh what's going on a lot of times yeah, so, sorry about that, mate. I hope you <laughs> no didn't worries. get burned it's, it's, too bad. Uh, so we got to talk and learn, you know. I know that. I know that you're insanely successful, so I don't feel bad for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, first, first off, like trading is cutthroat. Like we burn each other all the time, right? It's just like we're friends, but overall, um, this is PvP. You know, player versus yeah. player. Um, so. Mainly what what I try to do is, um, okay, I'll give you a, a perfect example. Um, there were two two projects that came out um, early on. It was uh, uh, Redacted um, and uh, Niwo, uh, New World Order. And they were both created by Sammy and, and their team, right? So um, the first thing that I noticed was we had this thing going on that's called like the tetranode effect um, in DeFi, or that's what I call it. I don't know what anybody else calls it, but like literally anything that that guy touches pumps um, because he's a massive DeFi whale. He has a huge following. Um, he, he does understand um, tokenomics really well, and he, he only invests in projects that he really believes in that he is going to hold for the long term. Um, and us as DeFi traders know that. We know that um, he's he's in that ecosystem. He's coming in. He's going to put a lot of money in. He's probably not going to touch it for years. And for me, that gives me the idea that, um, okay, we can make some money here. So when I look at like Butterfly and, and everything like that, um, I look at this giant thing that pumped off of like the ohm fork. I did get in. I did get in in the auction, um, probably like a lot of other people. Um, and I and I was exiting when that value was like way too high. I'm starting to scale out. I'm starting to look at um, the difference between what their treasury holds, what it's you know achieved, and what their market cap is because that to me shows risk-free value. So when you're starting to trade at, you know, insane multiples, and then we start to see Ohm bleeding down as the leader, like same, same case in Axie, right? Axie bleeds down, okay, start looking at your other GameFi coins. You know, what do you own? This thing's bleeding. When Bitcoin bleeds, what happens to our stuff? You know, it's kind of the same thing. Uh, Ohm's bleeding. What's happening to to Butterfly? It's starting to bleed. I don't know. Might want to take some off the table. Might want to exit. Oh, everybody's hyping it up. Curve wars. You know, we're we're going hard. Like this thing is the next greatest best thing. It might be, but you're a trader and you're trying to extract as much money as possible for probably yourself and your family. Uh, you might not be in it for the tech. It's okay if you are. You're probably a dev in that scenario. But if you're not in it for the tech and you start seeing like the market leader own bleeding, 
for good reasons and you know bitcoin crashing and everything um when everybody starts talking about the flipping and you know the detachment from bitcoin that's when you got to start selling all your bags because um until that actually does occur over and over again um it's not different this time is not different you know ohm forks are not going to detach from ohm it's not different and so this is where i see bias get in the way a lot is that people have a really strong bias they're looking at something and they're going oh my god i believe in this so much and that's great cuz that guy's going to hold but you as a trader like especially for myself i think to myself i'm not a holder like this whole hodl thing that's that's not what i want to do i don't want to hold stuff i want to i want to accumulate as much you know wealth as possible so when everybody's saying hold this is the next best thing oh my god it's amazing um we're detaching from bitcoin uh it doesn't matter that we're trading at 6x our risk free value you know these types of things that's when you start saying hmm maybe i should start selling a little bit if you have conviction and bias that does that does become much harder You need conviction to size in properly at the beginning, right? If you don't have conviction, you're not going to size in. You're not going to bet big enough, right? On that, on that two, three x, four x, five x, maybe you put in like, I don't know, a really small amount, and it's not going to make a big difference. So you do need that initial conviction, but you also need the ability to switch your bias when you start seeing, okay, things are starting to look a little bit fishy. This thing's looking a little bit overvalued. Everybody's talking a little bit too bullish here. That's when you start taking profit. At least for myself. That's when I start putting red flags up. I do a lot of math. I try to calculate um what I think it's actually worth and and, and I'll ride I'll ride a hype train just like everybody else, but at the end of the day, we are in this to make money and we are in it to extract value and that kind of thing. So Um as a trader don't marry your bags. You might already have a wife or a husband for that. Only get married once. Don't marry your bags. And um yeah, just that's that's all the advice I can give you really. I I think that's a really good value framework. Um I I I think um for redacted I I had a similar approach um cuz like I was convinced in the curve wars but something I did was um um if the curve wars was real and it was still like more upwards to go then curve convex all these things should pump right not just redacted itself so then you know in, initially right when I when I entered butterfly at the auction I was like okay this thing you know looking at like um a ohm fork that's decently you know well well done um it's like climb I went to like 500 500 mil or something so that was like my my short term target and then you know if you compare that and then take the valuation of curve or convex at that point probably convex more um fitting then I would only scale up my target if convex also pumps to x right otherwise like the thesis didn't change it's just people same amount of people are flooding into this thing because it's overhyped uh, against its own like competitors so 
um that helped me quite a bit but but yeah i, I like i still most of the time you know it's very hard to control like and stick to your stick to your guns unless you're already up a lot um mm. yeah so I, I don't and that's know. and that's the thing like if you're up okay if you're looking at your pnl and you're going i'm up 6x there are other people like you out there that are also up 6x what are they going to do when they start seeing a little bit of red on that chart? You know, like that's a big indicator. Okay. How much am I up? Like there's gotta be other people like me. Right. And people that are up like 10 X, they're going, man, this thing's going to the moon. I'm going to hold this thing forever. I'm going to get that hundred X. And I'm like, okay, maybe, but there's also like your buddy down the street that's up 10 X. And what happens if Bitcoin dumps tomorrow or the S and P starts to flutter and, you know, I don't know, right? People are going to start going, okay, I need rent money. Uh, I'm up 10x on this thing, even though I got conviction. Oh, I might as well just, you know, take some off the table. Maybe they sell the whole thing, maybe half, and price goes down, and then it starts that cascading effect. Um, so if you are up a lot, like multiples, start just asking yourself, how much is everybody else up, and is this overvalued? Yeah, that's that's like that's actually pretty good insight. Um, it, it is at the end. It's pretty PvP. Um, yeah. One thing that one thing that I'll give a lot of digits. This is small cap, by the way. Um, like uh, one of the things I'll give digits a lot of credit for trading with them, like side by side. I wouldn't say for the last year, is uh, he's very good at building conviction on a play. And um, when he does and, like, knows it's going to go a certain way, like, I, I think bet sizing for him is also something where he kind of really excels. I think, like, sometimes I'll look at my bags and no matter how much I believe in something, I struggle to bet a little bit more on it or, like, I, I, I like, kind of take the emotion with it if I'm betting that much more. Um, and he kind of separates those and kind of crushes it when it comes to all right, I know this is going to happen because of this, like based off of what I read in the docs or um, like there's an edge of some sort that we might feel like that we have over the public. Um, it, it could be like, hey, that you know, like you found a very small, like fine print in the doc, the docs that says something's going to go this way. When that happens, he's very good at like uh, just making sure that he takes those high conviction bets and like uh, bets big on them and kind of still holds the emotion out of it, which I kind of envy him for. So just tossing that in there. Yeah. Thanks bro. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, I couldn't, uh, I have an amazing community. Like um, I'm a part of some really great chats I, in telegram. I think that we probably all are. And just, being being in there like um science um science group small caps is the guy who created that so there's like 20 or 25 of us full-time traders in there um and uh you know we're also in dgen house and, and things like that just these small communities like having 20 eyes on on the space because it moves so fast gives you such an advantage or just yeah, just following like the right guys on Twitter too, like that aren't just gonna pump and dump and like just dump on you. Like like um following small caps. I was following him on Twitter before I even knew 
who he was and um he was just giving out alpha just saying like here's here's all this alpha um i remember one of my biggest plays was off you bacon when you um typed in twitter you said uh snowbank not sure if it's a rug oh we might we might, we might all get rugged and i was like cool so i went to the site and it was like bonding it i don't even know like it was insane man it was like six six hundred and fifty percent apr over i don't know over five days right and i'm going okay uh peak home season uh could be a rug uh, i don't know <laughs> You know, peak, peak, let's exactly go, let's go, result. yeah, let's go game time, you know, and I didn't manage it like that well, but I got a 25x out of it, and like, that's good, so God, that's that's good, um, yes, well, that, and, that and play best, was so crazy. So, that, that's that actually, was, uh, that was insane, <laughs> yeah. So, like, funny story. So, like, I, I was on the um, live stream with uh, intern uh, Luke, um, on, on our Discord, and then viper was was there um and then viper shared this like snowbank before all of us and then we're like okay we we've done a couple own forks before last own fork he shared was like that looked this early was time so we're like okay we can't fade him um let's just go do it (laughs) and then wait what's this bonding oh wow it's it's like cool launch with a bonding discount that's cool so then we all we all bonded, but funny enough, like Viper didn't know how to bond, so he bought, and then uh, he ended up as our liquidity right away. <laughs> it was hilarious. Oh, <laughs> hey, that's that's a good point, though. I mean, like that's Viper; he's very good at this stuff, and I mean that's that's like one of the big differences of having somebody manage it for you. I mean, like like when you have some of that big DeFi experience. I mean, even like sometimes it's like. Like even sometimes we don't really know what we're doing, um, but with that, like it's like you give it to someone like Digits, and he absolutely crushed that play and made Viper as I go exit with Twitter. <laughs> and I listen to Viper plays all the time, so I mean that's a big piece of it. Yeah, Viper's yeah, totally. legend. Yeah, he got he got me into some great stuff too. Like, um, but yeah, just again management of the trade, bet sizing, you know, all these things like people forget about. They just go. What's a great trade? Give me alpha, man. It's like, well, do you know how to manage it? Do you know how to bet size? Do you know how to manage your risk reward properly? Um, And and that's where it all comes down to. I I know a lot of guys too, traders out there, and just want to make a point about this is uh, you might see like my spreadsheet and go like, what is this guy like 45? Like he's got this Excel sheet that he uses to, like track his trades. Why don't you just use like Zapper or DBank? And I'll just say, look, grab an Excel spreadsheet and write down everything that you get into so that you can see what's working. You might have a perfectly good trade going on. You might have a perfectly good um, idea, a thesis and, and things like that. It might play out like three or four times in a row, like the Tetranode effect. You need to know when that stops working because the, the, the space changes so much that when you lose a trade on that thesis, you'll notice that. And, and if you ever get into a spot where you're not doing very well this month, but you crushed it last month, you can go back in that sheet and go, 
okay, like what trades worked for me? What trades didn't? What strategy should I keep bringing into this month? And which strategy should I leave behind? You don't get that with Zapper. You don't get that with DBank. And you only get that with a trading journal. And so I use Excel, but you can use whatever you want. Just keep records of everything so that you can keep improving upon yourself and so that you can keep seeing what's working and, and evolve with the space. Because this space moves so quickly, the strategies that you used last month might not be relevant you know, this month, and that's where your losses are coming from. Or you didn't bet hard enough on something, or you didn't manage something, and that's the only way you're going to see it. Yeah, hundred percent. Sometimes it's it's just like it's even like you, you're getting too euphoric, or like your portfolio size got a little bit bigger, and then like all of a sudden the management becomes more difficult. I found this for me personally, and then that's like clear indication oh, I need to stop, and then like reconsider how much I'm doing, um, how much risk I'm taking every time to like make my psychology a bit better. And you only recognize that once you like you can't just always look at oh how much am I worth? Like that's, that's not, not that useful. Yeah. One thing that's helped me a lot around that, uh, is rather than going like, okay, I'm, I'm risking a hundred thousand dollars. If it draws back 20%, I lose $20,000. And if it goes up 20%, I win 20. Rather than thinking like that, I think it's best to, to go, okay, a hundred thousand dollars is, you know, uh, 20% of my portfolio, and then if I take a loss on this, uh, if I take a 10% loss, then I lose X amount of, you know, X percent of my portfolio. And that way it kind of puts everything in perspective. And that way you can kind of always be a lot more level-headed because, uh, yeah, definitely, I, I've definitely uh, felt like my portfolio growing and then me fucking up trades a lot after that because I was way too emotional. But that stepping back and then realizing, like, I could just go percentages, that's that's definitely helped me out a lot uh, mm. with my emotions. Yeah, 100%. And, and even going off of that, um, working on percentages, um, you need to ask yourselves questions like, what is the risk of full funds lost? So I see a lot of guys that maybe they ape, like, <clears throat> you know, uh, 50k into Bitcoin, but then they'll also go to this like unaudited DeFi, you know, so, something I don't know, Ponzi uh, farm, and they'll put 50k into that. And it's like, well, dude, like Bitcoin, it's probably very rare that it's going to go to zero overnight. You're probably going to be able to cut that loss quite quickly. But you're putting 50k into a, a Ponzi farm that's unaudited that can literally rug all of your money at, in in a heartbeat. And, um, and that's going to severely skew your portfolio um, or you're putting, you're putting as much into a meme coin as you did, you know, other, other um, solid, solid thesis, solid teams, um, fully audited KYC projects. So there's those things to consider as well when, when you're um, trying to figure out your bet sizing and your, and your risk reward. What, like, what is the actual probability that I lose it all and if there is a probability of losing it all it could be a really great bet not gonna lie made some good money on that but you need to be responsible you need to you need to survive that's the main thing 
Like, did you survive? You know, did you survive long enough to capture your profits this year um, and actually take money out, you know, to change your material existence, to change your lifestyle? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know a lot of people that did. Our, our groups did quite well, obviously. Um, we're all speaking on the Twitter space, but there are a lot of people that have, have messed that up, got too euphoric. Um, aped in half their portfolio into an unaudited contract and then got rugged. It happens all the time. So consider the downside too and what the downside risk is before deciding what your bet sizing is going to be. Yeah. Do we want to talk about like some of the um, uh, actual, like aside from, uh, Psychology off or trading off or like, uh, what are we excited about? Um, like, Luke, do you, are you looking at anything? And maybe we can see what Digis and Smokehab thinks. Um, oh, I wanted to see what they thought on Melt. melt. Um, I think that was one oh, of our... You're asking the right guy. <laughs> yes. Defrost? Yes, yes, that's Defrost. Oh, yeah. They just would know, yeah. Oh, yeah, um... I love Melt. I uh, I first bought it at like two two dollars. I, I FOMO'd in, and then I I doubled my bag at um, fifty cents like a while ago, and I just thought this thing is way undervalued. Um, they just pushed a proposal actually to change some of the tokenomics that I was worried about. I thought that um, the the oh before I get into that. For, for those of you who don't know what defrost is, uh, defrost finance, yeah, right, just jumping straight in. Um, it, it's literally like a protocol where, um, say you're, um, say you have uh, like, uh, Avax Joe uh, LP, right, and it's and it's staked, and you're and you're getting your Joe rewards and stuff like that. Um, but you wanna you wanna make that a little bit more um, useful. You you you've put in you've put in quite a lot. You're kind of a little bit extended, uh, or you just want some more APR on it or something. You can take that LP. You can go over to Defrost Finance and say, "Hey guys, you know, here's my LP. You stake it with them, and they say you can borrow our stablecoin against that value. So you are using leverage. You borrow that stablecoin, and then uh, they pay you." extra for doing that in the melt melt token so you're probably going to get an extra five to ten percent a year for just providing that and then you can go off and do whatever you want with that stable coin so it, it it adds an extra layer of utility to your liquidity you're able to borrow against your lp position um, it's making your your liquidity uh even more useful than it was at the beginning because now you can leverage between it um, and things like that. So I find that really cool. It's um, it's really unique in that way, and you get rewarded in this in the melt token, which is just yeah, it's been on fire recently. Um, we we kind of contacted the the team and said, hey, you guys might want to look into your tokenomics a little bit because um, I think you're rewarding the what we call pool one, which would be um, basically any 
any liquidity pool on that site that doesn't have the native asset in it. So it doesn't have Melt in it or H2O or H2O is their stable coin. And we said, hey, you might want to look into that. Um, let's reward, you know, native holders more. Let's, I mean, I think you were getting like 150% APR from the stable coin pool without having to ever own Melt or um, contribute into the ecosystem that way. So, which is quite blown up because usually you're getting 20% everywhere else. So we said, let's shift some of those rewards. So vote looks good and um, it's going to shift some of those rewards to the actual Melt AVAX liquidity pool reward native token holders um, and and just help inflation, help the tokenomics a little bit. But, you know, protocol is super cool, has awesome utility. Um, I use it myself, and, yeah, I think I think it's going to go big places. It's um, It's got a pretty cool team. Yeah, I've been looking to farm on there. Um, kind of missed the, uh, like you said, the, the um, somewhat misaligned stablecoin farm uh, yield. Because I was looking at like the staked out um, H2O, like the super long ticker. And it was like 130% for not their stablecoin, none of their token. You don't have to. And that was the base rate. You didn't have to lock in. Yeah. And I thought, oh, wow, this is insane. <laughs> Why don't I farm this? And yeah. Um, so good that they're they, they changed that um yeah yeah so and and like like you said um it's um yeah you, you could have gotten like 150 percent apr yeah. without contributing anything and and now they've changed that and and the vesting as well there's vesting on the rewards so it incentivizes um you know long-term holding not just dumping right away so you get 10 percent of your rewards every six uh six days which i love um, and then there's also this other mechanism where if you want more yield, which I think will happen now that the base rate is not 150%, if you want more yield, you have to own a certain amount of melt. And um, you can stake that for, I think it's somewhere around 100% APY right now. And then while you're staking that, you can boost your stable coin farm or whatever, um, if you're in pool two, which would be Melt AVAX, you're also going to be able to boost that as well. Or if you're in H2O AVAX, you can boost that. And, and that boost is very similar to um, the curve model where... Um, longer you lock, harder you boost. Yeah, the, the longer you lock, the more, the more you're actually um, into, the, into the native uh, asset, the higher your APR will go. So I think that will... Um, in itself be a catalyst. I will just say we might have a sell-off like in all of these events when you start to make pool two better, so AVAX melt better, melt holders see that APR and might sell off half of their melt or they might do something to try to get into that pool. Um, so there could be a dip. Um, that is particularly a strategy I am using to add. So don't front run me. But um, no, I I will see if there's a dip from that, and and I'll track to see if melt holders are selling off half of their uh, melt to get into that pool, and then at that point, that's a good entry, right? Like, 
could could be undervalued. Yeah, I mean, just from my perspective, like I'm in that Mel Avax pool already. I mean, I've been earning pretty crazy. Like, I mean, obviously, I I don't do a whole lot of stable farming just because I like the risk. Um, but I mean, I've been in that pool and it's done extremely well just because there's been so much trading on such a low, low, um, like low, uh, um, just amount in that pool. I think there's like five or six hundred k that there's been, and I think the platform as a whole has like a hundred million or somewhere in there. Last I looked. Um, but once they actually add rewards, I expect it to get a lot deeper, price to stabilize, and a lot more people to leverage that pool. But I was earning like 400% just off of trading fees. So, like, you see the some of these whales that are trying to dump into that. And, like, once that's kind of gone because that liquidity deepens, I, I would expect it to do a few Xs of, like, uh, maybe go from 500K liquidity to several million at least. Um, but I think that's extremely bullish. and. I mean, it's one of those things, too, where, I mean, I, I know Digits was big on that and, like, multi-chain maximalist. Like, he, he was a big in melt. Uh, but if there's something that they feel like there's wrong with with the platform and, like, they have a bet there, one of the biggest things that they'll go and do is, like, they put together and, like, helped, like, uh, draft the proposal um, to make more rewards go to that LP. So it, it's one of those things that you kind of um, – work with a lot of these protocols too and have some of the team around it for things like DigitDAO. Like if you're in Melt, kind of know that there's the resources available to you through the DAO that a lot of these guys have some of the pull to be able to make some of the changes within the protocols when needed. So um, just more commentary there than anything, but bullish on Melt as well. Don't plan on pulling that position. Cool. So you already front run into everybody. That's, uh, I mean, that's I was it. never in too. I, I was actually just too lazy to look when the proposal actually was going to go through when I was making my moves. So um, it's actually supposed to go through today. I haven't looked at it, but yeah, um, I probably lost out on a lot of games for being in that one. So there you go. Um, and I mean, not to like uh, change direction at all, but I mean, uh, if you guys wanted some like five minutes worth of front running. I'm going to drop a thread that I kind of teased the past like two days. I think digits joined as well, but I'm going to do MM, um, MM finance on Kronos. Um, I have the whole thread built and like, it's just <laughs> tweaking a few things, but uh, I mean, I, I'm pretty bullish on like what they're doing over there. It's like a AAM Dex that, um, has like $400 million worth of TVL. It's like a $40 million market cap and they're building a tomb fork that's pegged to their native token. Um, it's kind of cool. Like, I mean, it makes liquidity super deep for the AAM. Like the people who are actually buying into it, um, they are going to get pretty awesome yield. Um, but on top of that, most tomb forks you see are pegged to big L1 tokens that you're not going to see much price movement on. Um, when you kind of take it and play the Ponzi of tying it to something with a small market cap, gets to be pretty exciting of like what it can actually happen from a game standpoint. So I'm playing that one um, and we'll, we'll have a thread out on it in a little bit, but I think I convinced digits to make a play there as well. If you were asking what we were bullish on. So they Wait. have their own uh, AMM and they, yep. their LP is uh, used as um, the tomb fork farms, uh, so like a MM 
MMF is their token. Okay, MMF to like MM? Sorry, what's um, the so, tune yeah, version so of their token? So, like, think of like they already have the AM launched. Like, it's already doing trading. They have $410 million of TVL. Yeah. Um, so, it's one of the bigger places to trade on on AVAX or on, excuse me, on Kronos. Kronos so, yeah. um, with that, like, they're paired today to like CRO and they're going to leave that. But by launching a tomb fork off of it, um, one, like they have a launch pad that they're launching it off of, which burns um, MMF. So it almost becomes a little bit deflationary. They're moving to a VE MMF token model um, for like governance and like um, boosted rewards. Um, so that's going to suck up a lot of the supply. Um, and then they're doing this tomb fork where a lot of people will start leaving maybe the MMM or excuse me, MMF like CRO pools or MMF single staking um, because they're going to be chasing rewards in MMF. Uh, the new token will be SVN, which will be the pegged token. Right. So like what it does, it's going to make liquidity super deep for MMF um, because it's going to be a, a fork. Um, but with that, anytime people are trying to trade out of MMF, it's going to go through SVN, which means even further rewards for you if you're LPing in the tomb fork. Um, but I mean, I think they're collecting um, over, it's like one to 2% of supply for the launch pad um, that they're collecting to um, as initial launch. So like, I mean, even from that, they're going to be burning some MMF. I don't know if I explained that well, but there will be a full thread on it. I roughly understand. That's pretty, that's, that's pretty deep. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it took me I put like four Tomb Forks. I still didn't fully get that. But (laughs) so SVN tracks MMF, right? Yes, exactly. So you're 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 basically exposing yourself on MMF uh, by doing the LP there. Um, Yes, exactly. But I would say the difference is just when you do a a Tomb Fork, your rewards, um, because uh, your rewards are in the share token. You normally get four and five figure yields. So, I mean, it's going to be very high yields, but also like some of the things that MMF is doing makes it a lot more, um, I want to say almost deflationary, like here in the next couple of weeks. Um, But also like if you think about it and say this Tomb Fork or SBN grows to be a $10 million fork, which most of them have done lately, then because of that, that means there's probably like 5 million uh, MMF in that pool. In order to like do 5 million in the MMF SVN pool, that means that the price of MMF also has to go up probably 10%. So like the price is going up because more and more people are going to be using the tomb fork. The biggest difference is just most tomb forks are pegged to ETH or FTM or, or Matic, and you're pegging yep. it to a much smaller asset. So as it sucks up liquidity, the price goes. Think of it like US, like uh, um, like UST and like Luna. Like the more um, people that are going to be leveraging the tomb for, like the price is going to go up of the actual S, like um, MMF asset. Mm. Okay. I just confused that makes everybody, sense. didn't I? <laughs> it made sense a little bit to me. <laughs> um, yeah. I guess. Uh... Well, that's that's the main play that I'm making right now. If you guys were curious I, on where I push digits in the direction of, 
I think it's cool. I haven't, um, I haven't invested yet, but I think it's really cool. And uh, they have other things like um, they've added utility to their NFTs. Uh, I'm a bit shocked that you didn't know about the Meer- Meerkats bacon. Come on, mate. Yeah. Meerkats. Meerkats? Yeah, meerkats. They're like the biggest thing right now. What? Oh, uh, uh which Phantom NFTs or no, it's a meerkat. But what's that? I want to say like a, a, that's the MMS thing to... that we've been talking about. It's they have so they have these meerkat M- NFTs that if you Survival? buy them, they they boost your um they boost your APR by a certain oh, percentage and yeah so. I think that um, now we all just sound really degenerate. We but just, I don't even know. Honestly, <laughs> honestly yeah, like, like I, starts talking. like I said, like, look at things and say, okay, is yeah, this, I found them. They're kind of like, they're a, like cats, meerkats in bake style. Nice. Is this, this a bit is very You know, maybe, maybe if you're too X on it, like you, you take a little bit off. I don't know. I'm just saying. So, this might be one of those um, plays. I'm glad to pump the Digistyle uh, one of their exposures because <laughs> it also pumps my own bags. It's fine. Uh, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. Friends win. I also win because I'm invested in their projects. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Digistyle just broke 10 mil. So, congrats. Oh, guys, also, um, like I said, like risk free value. So, uh, check the spreadsheet. Just. <laughs> It's kind of gone kind of nuts. I, I the, the way that I view market cap is 10 million market cap. You have faith in me that I can grow the treasury over 10 million. Think of it that way. Okay. So when you're thinking about market cap in digits Dow, um, if you don't have faith that I'm going to grow it over 10 million right now, this is probably not your, this is not your entry. And now all the token holders are going, oh, my God, I hate you, dude. Didn't you, did you just tell people not to buy? But um, that's the truth. Nice. Yeah. Um, do we have anything else, uh, Luke, that we want to talk about? Any, like, um, something from us uh, that we could use somewhere else? Man, I was throwing stuff in like here and there, and I was muted the entire time. <laughs> oh no! Oh my god! Oh no! Anyways, uh, no, I think that's it for me. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, that, that's it for my end. So, okay. anything else you guys want to talk about? Um, I'm overall like I, I think um, it's it's good that we like highlighted um, we we. Know uh, the the founder of um, one of these um, farming trading as a service project because it's it's definitely a, a pretty unique way. Like what, obviously, it's up to the team like their ability to deliver and what their focus is, like to grow the treasury, generate yield. But this this like um, process is pretty cool. Um, I think it's it's pretty kind of a DeFi way um, through voting and multi sig and. And just taking some of that, um, like intended, um, you know, DeFi fund type of uh, insight, type type of idea, and just going with it, like deploying, um, and 
looks like a good direction because like, we've explored so many of these like pure on-chain funds and they their biggest problem always have been like they can't they're not fast and they they have to go through this whitelisting process so they end up just being blue chip indices um so yeah happy to like explore more in this area i think it's 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 a model that um even like for some DAOs and gyos and anyone that has like some sort of automated strategy in that sense it would be cool to um to look into this model i think that's that's a bit of alpha for like um maybe overall trends um yeah i would i would love to see like some more guilds like uh, gaming guilds and acquire assets and just use those oh, this way. you're stealing cool. my fucking idea right now yeah <laughs> you're giving up my shit right now oh no yeah, yeah i mean imagine like the, all those like a hundred million dollar war chests right if they have um automated strategies to to go into games with this distribution model like their treasury could go pretty nuts yeah, no, that would be a pretty uh, awesome feature that I, I definitely think they, they could definitely add on, at least kind of like a... Yeah, it uh, depends on the game, right? Song. Some games are, like, it needs players, and they have captchas and real interaction built in. It's like, But when it's, like, um, something that can be automated, then this is the better way. You don't want to, like, just have a group and lend people the you know assets where you can automate yourself for way less cost um so this 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 model has a utility i think so maybe maybe luca will will start a guild this way that that would be nice um, <laughs> uh yeah i think that's it for me though um yeah digits or small cap do you want to throw anything else out no um i just had one thing um that came to mind so like i think uh a lot of people that i'm talking to now are saying that like we're in this nft bubble and that it's all going to collapse and that kind of thing um i think that it's probably just going to get bigger and transform into like true utility things with utility. Uh, maybe not like the meerkat NFTs giving you 6% more yield and no, not to like knock that or anything, but like, but like true, true utility, you know, something that, that you're really proud of and, um, and that also holds really cool art. So, um, DigisDAO is uh, working. This is alpha. It's not going to be like anywhere else. Um, we're working with an artist now um, to create some um, NFTs uh, that will be kind of cool. Um, I, I view all of us as like a little bit degenerate at heart if we're on chain. So um, they're going to be like 1920s Great Gatsby um, classy mobster kind of uh nfts and we'll we'll mix in some utility there so um i think just the the main thing about these uh investment as a service uh DAOs or whatever is that you're building really cool things with your friends 
Um, and everybody gets together. We all, we all have, we're all like in the space. We're building really cool things. We're shipping really cool things and we're expanding on the ecosystem while all profiting together. And for me, there's nothing better than that. You know, just waking up every day and just going into the chats with you guys and like hanging out, you know, like you're, you're my colleagues, right? We, we hang out together and, um, yeah, just that's, that's just been the greatest part of this whole thing for me is just building with you guys and, um, and yeah, and just trading together, like as a team, we're actually on a team now. It's not P it's not actually PVP, like, you know, in that sense. Um, so, but thank you. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it guys. And, um, yeah. It Thanks. Thanks for coming on as well. It's been a, it's been a lot of alpha. Uh, that point you made is it's um, the close off is really good. Um, I think like with these kind of investments of pro, uh, as a service styles, like now I know if I share some top alpha with you, I don't even have to play it. I'd still profit if I if I'm part of the project. So that's that's a good way. And if I don't have the time, or like I, in your case, I think you can clearly manage stuff like low caps way better than I can. So it just makes so much more sense. Um, yeah. So that, that's a, that's a pretty cool, pretty cool angle of it as well. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on, dude. Uh, it's been really insightful. Um, I think that's probably a good time to wrap it. Um, Garam's probably a little bit busy today. Um, I think he's, he's just like on the move. So, um, might even be, on the road as we speak so he probably will um you know won't have too much questions but um yeah uh, for everyone that's listening thanks for joining and um if you want to see the notes we do have uh our alpha leaks um notes on our bullets uh it'll be posted on, on our twitter and also on our telegram channel um right after this in the next couple of days um and yeah, digits. Let's let's keep like sharing off in, in Telegram. Um, and thanks everyone for joining. Thanks guys. Yeah, thanks everybody. Sure, yeah, have a thanks. good day, guys.